Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked on Braves, brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network, spanning all your favorite sports across all of your favorite platforms, keeping you up to date on what you should know about your favorite teams going forward, or at least something to take your mind off of what's going on right now and give you something to look forward to. Essentially, we're just still doing off-season baseball content as it is figuratively and literally killing me inside to not have any baseball right now. Uh, hoping we can get through everything and get back to some sort of announcement of when the season is going to start. If you guys follow David O'Brien on Twitter, then you'll see that he is saying somebody told him. So it's a lot of he said, he said, he said kind of rigmarole uh, aiming for a July start, which would be roughly 90 games, which would be the shortest season in memory. But it's something that I kind of feel is probably more likely pick up right around where the All-Star break would have left off if the social distancing and the shutdowns across the country are going to prove fruitful. We're already seeing some Korean League baseball start back up, so that is a good sign that as long as we follow things the way we are supposed to, we can get back on track and get back to normal, and we can have baseball back. So some other stuff I didn't get to mention yesterday. Um Noah Syndergaard coming down with Tommy John surgery. That is not a good season so far for big name pitchers that start with S. Talking about Chris uh, Chris Sale with Tommy John, Noah Syndergaard with Tommy John, and Luis Severino with Tommy John. Uh, somebody get Mike Soroka wrapped up in bubble bubble wrap stat. But time holds for no man as we are continuing our top 30 prospect countdown and we are finally breaking the top 20 with two of the high school picks probably two of my overall favorite to the highest upside picks from the 2019 class we'll start that off with number with number 20 the pitcher tyler owens 13th round pick last season uh kind of a small guy similar in size to victor vodnik 510 185 is the listing for tyler owens i wouldn't be shocked if he's a little bit uh shorter than that low-key this was a fantastic pick. Uh, I think it's a great pick no matter how it turns out. I'm a big Tyler Owens believer. I've watched uh, a lot of his video. I haven't seen him live yet, which I really want to. Um, I, I will, once the season starts up, I'll be able to go see him in Rome. Uh, but really low-key, one of the best picks of this draft class. A uh, guy that was committed to go to Florida or Florida State was coming in fast, but listed as being committed to Florida. You know how good they are with baseball and how great they are at churning out pitchers. This is one of the heaviest fastballs in the 2019 class. And I, I mentioned yesterday what I mean by heavy. Not only is it fast, but it bears down on you quick. Even though he's a shorter guy, he gets a great angle on his fastball. Does a, a great, great job with it. Been clocked as high as 98, which is fantastic for a guy his size. Uh, you don't generally see guys that are 5'10 throwing 98 miles an hour, but nowadays 98 seems to be pretty in vogue. A lot of people are throwing it. But to, to watch it coming out of his hand, it, it's very, very nice. He's, usually he'll sit about 92 to 94 on that fastball, but it has great life. It almost looks, it almost looks like it's two-seaming on you. 
Um, but it's not. It's a four-seam grip. It, it just gets great movement from the angle that he's able to create with his arm. He's got a four-pitch mix coming out of high school, which is also pretty rare. You don't see that very often from a high school arm. Generally, you'll see two pitches and kind of a, the hint of a third, but he's got actual four pitches. His slider's a, a very hard, very short-type slider, almost more of a what, what you and I would call a power curve or, or even almost more of a cutter. Um, I, I like it. It, do, it does well for getting swings and misses. It does really good at, at burying in and getting ground balls, which is one of the, the underrated facets of Tyler Owens' game. Had to sign him for a lot. He was not cheap. He was a Florida commit, which shows you just how highly he was thought of. Signed for, uh, was it about six hundred, almost $600,000? Got a perfect 10.0 score from Perfect Game. And if you guys know anything about Perfect Game, you know uh, it's big-time prospects there when they do their 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 showcase circuit at the in, in, in the summer times. Uh, a lot of guys go through there. In fact, if you want, you can just play around and look at some of the names that receive the scores. Tyler Owens getting a 10.0 from Perfect Game is a big deal. Uh, shows how how much they believed in him as well. Good curve as well. I don't uh, I don't see it as much, but it shows promise. It shows the promise of, of it could potentially be a plus pitch. I think the slider is probably better of the two breaking balls. I think he's more likely to use the slider, and I think the Braves are probably more likely to continue with the slider. As I've mentioned over and over, that tends to be what the Braves tend to, to look at. It looks like that's what this Braves front office tends to like out of their pitchers is sliders. But he's got a really good curve as well. Um, kind of needs to be a little bit more consistent with it. Just kind of lags behind just a little bit. Uh, he also has the makings of a changeup that looks to be at least league average. That's going to be a very important pitch, I think, for Tyler Owens. You guys know I'm very big on changeups. Uh, I think they're probably the most important breaking ball because everything else comes off of your fastball and the changeup throws off hitters' timings, especially if you can get it with some fade on it as well. If you're not throwing a circle change, if you're just throwing a straight change, if you can get some fade and drop on that thing, it is a very, very deadly pitch. A lot of people think he's got. Uh, a lot of people think that there's a lot of reliever risk due uh, to him due to a, a violent and a kind of high effort delivery, plus his size. But I've been looking at him over and over, and I don't really see a lot of violence in in the motion. I, I think he looks pretty calm and under control. Um, there, there's a pause which kind of generates a little bit more torque and forward momentum than than maybe some people would like to see, but it doesn't seem bad at all to me. It seems very easy. The mechanics are very simple, very repeatable. Um, if anything, you can see his control escape him at times. There's times where he'll he'll lose the strike zone and he'll lose it for for a lot of pitches on end. It, it's kind of hard for him to gain it to gain it back. But that's not because of his mechanics. It's not because of his delivery. It's his release point is all over the place. In the videos that I've watched, it almost looked like he didn't throw any two pitches with the same release point. And that to me is something that has to be drilled and drilled and drilled. That because of that release point, that arm slot can kind of drift on him especially with his breaking pitches. You'll see it more with his slider and his curveball, where the, since the release point's kind of all over the place, the arm slot is kind of raising and lowering all over the place. Um, th- so th- there's definitely things to work on. He's still very, very young. Spent all of his time last year in the GCL and in Danville, where he was outstanding, uh, really, really good, kind of showed off the high strikeout potential. That's the kind of thing that I'm looking at with Tyler Owens. I think he's going to remain a starter uh, for... Really, I do think he's going to end up a starter. I think that the stigma of being a short guy and not being able to start anymore, I think we're kind of getting away from that with the fact that starters aren't expected to go seven, eight innings anymore. Uh, you don't see many guys eclipse 200 innings in a season, so the whole he needs to be taller to hold up over time. We're not. I'm, I'm thinking that will go the way of the old idea that your shortstops had to be short and fast. We're seeing shortstops become really, really big now. Really, thanks in Cal, thanks in part to Cal Ripken, who was kind of the the spearhead of that kind of movement. We're we're seeing that happen with pitchers now. 
Uh, but spent all this time in GCL and Danville where he was absolutely incredible. Uh, I think you'll see him get some time in Rome. Um, there's no real need to rush him, though. The Braves have a lot of pitching, got a lot of pitching depth, and a guy like Tyler Owens who has such a, a high-caliber arm, I wouldn't be shocked to see them handle him the same way they have guys like Freddie Tarnock and uh, Victor Vodnik, where they kind of give them shorter stints to start where um, you might only go four innings in a day till they can really kind of iron out some things with his mechanics and not cause undue wear and tear, um, or at least iron out with his release point because I think his mechanics are very sound. This is a guy that that I'm going to be watching very closely. He's uh, he's my favorite pitcher out of the 2019 draft class that the Braves got. I think uh, I think signing anybody that Florida had high on their list is a very very good idea. Florida always turns out really really good pitchers, and I don't think Tyler is going to be any exception. As far as a comp, again, it's really really hard to comp guys that don't have a lot of time that haven't played above you know rookie league ball and guys that are like 19 years old that don't have you know but. 30, 40 innings on their arm in professional ball. Um, but if I were going to give him any comp, I'd probably go with somebody who was shorter, a guy like Tim, Lin- Tim Lincecum. Not a seven-war type Tim, Lin- Tim Lincecum from those two seasons. I'm talking more about in the one to two-war range Tim Lincecum. Guy that could still throw hard and sit mid-90s, can re- uh, reach back and grab more. Now, Lincecum was always in danger of more injury because of his straight over the top delivery. Um, but I think if you're talking about size and power arm, they're pretty comparable. I don't, again, I don't, I'm not saying seven war Cy Young Tim Lincecum. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but if you're looking at, at a profile, something that can kind of work out for him, um, I don't see a Marcus Stroman. He's more fastball-based than a Marcus Stroman, so a guy like Lincecum kind of seems the way to go on this one. Hopefully you can have the seven-war Tim Lincecum. I'm just not going to project that right now. Uh, as we get to this point next year, I'll have a better idea of where I, where I really want to go on Tyler Owens. But for now, make sure you write down that name. That's a guy that you want to keep uh, progress updates with. He's a guy that should be very, very exciting to watch him grow in the system. But for now, that is number 20, and we are officially outside of the top 20. When we come back, we're going to look at my number 19 pick, another high school player from the 2019 draft. Hang on through the break. We'll be back right here on Locked on Braves. Do you hate stepping on the scale? I know I do. Maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called Withings has produced the world's first smart scale, and they're still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale for 2020. If you're looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings smart scales are known for their durability and an exceptional user-friendly design. Just step on and data from every weigh-in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of smart scales don't even have the Wi-Fi option, and it means you have to keep your phone on you. But Withings Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trend, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even know who is who. So here's the deal, guys. You can get 25% off of Withings Body Plus right now at Withings.com for a very limited time. Go to Withings.com, that's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com slash MLB to get 25% off the Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's Withings, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com slash MLB to get 25% off the Body Plus Body Composition Scale. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Thanks for sticking with me through the break as we sit here on this lovely Wednesday afternoon. 
I know it sucks that we're all kind of stuck inside for those of us that were labeled non-essential, for those that were labeled essential, uh, especially for those of you that work in the medical field. Thank you guys so much for what you're doing. I know this is a very hard time, very rough time. You guys are being ran ragged, but uh, really, really want to thank you guys for what you've been doing. You've all been superstars, um, and I hope you guys are getting appreciated the way that you deserve. But I don't want to be on a soapbox too much for today. Uh, we're going to get right into my number 19 pick here in a second. Um, before we do, I did want to drop there might be some new news uh, about the baseball season coming out tomorrow as it looks like baseball is trying to figure out a, a start date, try to at least set a tentative date so everybody can kind of get ready. So if I can hear that tonight or tomorrow, I'll have that in the show for you since I know you guys are, are so ready for, for baseball to start back up and, and for us to have some real baseball to talk about. If you're just hankering to watch some baseball, I did mention the Korean League baseball is playing again. Um, don't know where you might be able to find it, but if you can find some to watch, you know, there's some guys out there at least fun to watch. There's a couple guys who have made the trek over from Korea. Jung Ho Kang, one of those. Uh, there are a few guys that have come over from Korea that makes the league worth watching in that, and it's it's baseball at a time where I'm willing to watch bowling or darts just to watch some sort of sport. Getting any sort of baseball is good news. But moving on to my number 19 prospect in the Atlanta Braves system, it is another high school pick from 2019. The outfielder Michael Harris, the first high school player taken by the Braves in the 2019 draft. Harris was drafted in the third round. He was a two-way player in high school. As a matter of fact, similarly to Austin Riley, most teams had him as a pitcher there weren't really any teams scouting him as a position player. They thought that his future was on the mound where he was throwing 92. I believe he topped at 93 or 94. Um, had a really good arm on the mound, and a lot of people saw him as a pitcher. But he ends up being, he ends up impressing the Braves and ends up being an outfielder is what they draft him as. I'm not going to tell you that entire story because it's not my story to tell, uh, but it is a fantastic story. If you want to read it, which I highly, highly recommend, go to TalkingChop.com. Just Google Michael Harris talking chop. They did a fantastic interview with him where he tells the story of, of how of how he got into the uh, the Braves as an outfielder. And those are always some of my favorite stories. Guys that really wanted to play a certain position. They weren't scouted that position. They were scouted as something else. Uh, and they just kind of stuck with it and they found that one team. They impressed that one scout enough to where it changes the outline of their future. Guys like that are really cool stories for me. Um, I, I really enjoy following them around. The Rick Ankiel stuff is cool too, where they make a change, or Kurt Hoekstra, where you make a change uh, later in your career to try to jumpstart your career. But guys like Michael Harris and Austin Riley, who want to be a position player and they know that's what they want to do, but nobody's really looking at them as that, being able to find that one team to take that chance on you really does increase the story in my mind. Makes me very happy to see. But as for Harris's skills, they're nothing to sneeze at. He's a veritable tool shed. He, he's I won't say that he's got anything that's like, I won't say that he's got Ronald Acuna tools because he's not that type of player, uh, but he's very athletic, six foot one ninety five. There's a lot of projection still in his body, um, especially now that he's in a, a pro workout regimen and being able to focus on one position that should help him as well. He does have really good upside. I don't think he's got like superstar upside by any means. Uh, I'm not even certain I would say that he's got all-star upside, though he might make an all-star team or two um, at the peak of his career. But he's a very well-rounded player, uh, and his tools project at least average across the board. What I mean by that is uh, 50s across the board on the 20 to 80 scale. 
And that's good. That's very, very good. It's a player that doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. That's the type of guys that, that last for 10, 12 years and, and play on a number of teams and end up playing big-time roles for, for teams. Even if they're not huge fantasy assets, they're big-time real-life players. They're, they're essential players for teams that are going to go on championship runs. And that's the type of guy that I look at with Michael Harris. As a guy that's been playing center field, He's going to play a corner, obviously, because the Braves have Christian Pache, who is one of the best defenders in baseball, not even just the minor leagues, just in baseball, period. Um, Ronald Acuna is no slouch in the field. Drew Waters is a good center fielder as well. Justin Dean, we've talked about before on here a couple episodes ago, is a fantastic defender. He's probably the fifth or sixth rated defensive center fielder in this Brave system, and that's not really a bad thing. It just kind of goes to show how deep the Braves' talent pool defensively is right now and, and kind of gives you a, a, a look at how important the Braves view that center field defense to their team overall. But he came out really, really well, and being a young guy getting drafted, you see him go to Danville and absolutely tore it up at Danville, got himself a, a, a pretty quick promotion to Rome where he cooled off considerably. Now, granted, that was much stiffer competition. He was usually about three years younger than his competition. He's one of the younger players in low A. Um, but he did look like he belonged. He never looked overwhelmed, and that's that's an important thing. When you're looking at these minor league numbers, you can't just really look at the stat lines. It's really hard because it's hard to actually watch a ton of minor league games because MILB, the, the way Major League Baseball promotes its minor leagues is criminally bad. Um, you can't ever really see any games on MILB.TV. They're not in HD, so it's horrible trying to figure out what's going on and actually see what's going on. Uh, just a lot that needs to be done to make that a better experience. But when you're looking at him, it's really important that you follow along how he's stacking up or, or how he's doing versus what age. This is why you see guys like uh, like Bryce Ball, for example, or C.J. Alexander, like we talked about, who come out and they dominate uh, at one level, move up at a level, and all of a sudden they're not the same guy. A lot of that has to do with uh, the competition they were playing versus who they're playing when they come into the system. So guys that were playing college ball, they're already better than just about everybody that's going to be in the instructional leagues. They're already better than most of the players that are going to be in single A. I mean, single A tends to be guys that don't really know what they're doing. It's usually really, it's usually younger guys uh, or, it's, or it's guys that don't have a great handle on their stuff, don't really have a plan. They just kind of go out there and play. So these college guys, since they kind of know what they're about, they know what their game is, they tend to be better suited to go through those levels, get to high A and get to double A pretty quickly. But these young guys like Michael Harris, this is where they have a lot of stuff to work on. This is where they kind of figure out what their their main priority is going to be as a player. This is where you start to see the beginnings of the sculpture, where you start to see them start to specialize a little bit and find what areas are going to be their strengths and how to kind of work around some of their weaknesses as they move up the ladder. Those weaknesses get exposed a little bit more and more and they have to keep adjusting. But it was good to see uh, it, it was good to see him not look over overmatched. I would expect him to start in Rome this year. I think he'll have a much bigger season. I would consider him a breakout candidate as soon as this season officially gets underway. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do a really good job. If you're looking at anything that's a main concern, I would say his hit tool could be a little bit better. Um, it's really the only thing I have to gripe about is you know he didn't do as well in Rome facing better pitchers with more off speed, but he does show a good eye for taking walks. That's important, especially for young guys. Usually young guys come out and want to hit. They don't usually come out there uh, willing to take their walks, but he kept a strikeout percentage under 25%. That's something I'm going to keep an eye on as he moves up because it wasn't a ton of time in Rome. So it's a little small sample size, but a guy like him, a guy that's pretty good everywhere, not really great at any one thing. If he can keep his K percentage 
under 25%. I think that's, that's a good sign for him making a big league club and staying on a big league club. That would make him infinitely more valuable. Again, if you want to read his interview, which I highly recommend, go to Talking Chop and read it. Um, as for comparison's sake, it's as I've mentioned a million times, it's really hard to to compare these high school players who don't really have much of a pro career under them right now. But if I were looking at what you should expect high side for a guy like Michael Harris, I would say Andrew Benintendi. A uh, guy that's really good at just about everything, doesn't have a weakness, doesn't really have a, a super strength, but Michael Harris, a guy that I see is a 2020 type of guy, not really a 30 or 40 home run guy, not really a 30 or 40 steal type of guy, but he plays good defense, he has a good arm, uh, he's fast without being blazing fast, but he's, he's fast, he's quick, he can do everything you need him to do on a baseball field, and he's a guy that's going to be much more important to your real baseball team is what we call glue guys, guys that are essential for winning championships as opposed to your fantasy numbers where he's not going to be a guy that you're going to target in a first or second round because he's not a guy that's going to pop off for 50 homers or drive in 120 or steal 40 bags. But a guy like Andrew Benintendi, if he can have an, if, if Harris can have an Andrew Benintendi type career, then the Braves will have knocked that one out of the park. It'll be a very, very good pick. I'm excited to see what happens to him in 2020 as soon as we get underway. I'm also excited to figure out what's going to happen when the season gets underway, and I might have some new news for that for you tomorrow. As we continue our look at the top 30 prospects tomorrow, we will officially be, well, we'll almost be halfway there as we'll do number, uh, Number seven was number seventeen and number sixteen. Very excited to get that underway. Very, or I'm sorry, numbers eighteen and number seventeen. I uh, I got that mixed up a little bit, but we'll talk about that a little bit more coming up tomorrow, right here on Locked On Braves. Uh-huh. 